Welcome to Unscripted, your weekly podcast featuring Kirby Hossman and Bill Petrie, where they talk about all things promotional, marketing, and branding. As always, it's brought to you by Promo Corners Identity Marketing, the interactive tool for promotional products professionals. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. Well, welcome again to episode 10 of Unscripted. And Kirby, this is pretty exciting. We actually have a sponsor for our show. That is exciting. It is. So we want to thank the good people of Bay State. And for those of you who don't know, Bay State provides a super innovative line of healthcare, housewares, and desk and office promotional products. And if you're interested, you can always visit them on the interwebs at baystate.com. Kirby, how the hell are you? You know what? I'm doing well. Doing well. Just um, keeping up the hustle. So uh, keeping, keeping busy. I don't like that word, but we've been uh, been very active. And so it's a, you are, it's a good you thing. Are the, you are the king of all hustle in the promotional products industry. So why don't we hustle through some topics? I love it. I love it. I love it. Why don't you, you, why don't you start us off? Okay. Fire I'll, something away. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. So the one that popped into my head this morning is – and this is a topic that – it rears its head with me, I don't know, every month or so. Um, it, and it, let's tag this easier for who, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I run into, um, and I think many of us do, is suppliers are working with different and better ways. They're working on enhancements all the time. And mm-hmm. so um, one of the, the big things that I see moving along is the proliferation of online proofing. And I see some really good and positive benefits of that. But this is one of those moments where it's easier for who, right? So when – what I mean by that is let's say that we used to get a proof and it's a PDF, okay? Right. And so I would be able to take a look at that, make sure it was actually going to the right customer and all that sort of thing and pretty quickly, A, see it on my phone and B, be able to make any adjustments and forward it whether it's from mobile or desktop. And, okay. I, and I'm really struggling, and I'm sure there some of the, the things are better than others, but some of the online proofing, it's just it's one of those things where I can see where it's easier for the supplier because that proof is going to get into the production chain a lot quicker. Yep. Um, but man, <laughs> it is not easier for the distributor and the customer. Um, this morning, literally, I'm filling in for one of our customer service people and one proof, I have to click on something, log in, click like two or three different – and I'm literally hitting three or four clicks before I can get anywhere near seeing an actual proof. And that's on my desktop. Right. <laughs> Let alone mobile, which I would have long since given up. <laughs> so, no, I, I get it. I, I, you know, it's one of those things that it, – it's been around. I mean online proofing has been around for a little, little while, sure, but sure. it still feels like it's in its infancy and it's certainly not perfected. Yeah. You know, and until uh, end users really clamor for a solution, I, there won't be one. Yeah. I mean, it just feels like it feels like it's just going to be one of those things that everybody kind of has to fight through uh, as we move through it. But I, I hear exactly what you're saying. Well, it's, you're talking talking about friction points, right? I yeah. am always talking about friction. Yeah. Points. Well, this is one. Insert that, your own joke there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, this is one that is a friction point because if I mean, Absolutely. think about it. If we were talking e-commerce and you said, "Hey, look, you just need to click on this seven times before you get to the product you buy," 
we would say, oh, that's, that's not ideal. But it's, it's what we're doing right now. And so I, that's, that's a topic that's on my mind that says, hey, I get that it's easier for the supplier. And dude, I'm down with that. Right. But for your customer, which is the distributor, and their customer, not so much. Lots of friction. Right. No, it is a lot of friction, but it's one of the things. It's almost like promo standards, the thing our good friend John Norris has been working so hard on. Right. You know, we almost need a promo standards for that part of the process. Right. Uh, so hopefully we can we can get there. But yeah, that's a t- that's a tough one, pal. All right, bro. What's your your, your next topic? Okay, so. McDonald's has been in the news recently for bad promo. So two weeks ago, or I guess it was last week, they had to uh, remove fitness tractors from Happy Meals. They were giving out like these very low-rent Fitbits, Mm -hmm. um, basically a glorified pedometer. But people would wear them on their wrists. Kids would wear them on their wrists, and it started singeing them (laughs) 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 because it was was a little hot, apparently. And then... And then just a couple days ago, in the Philippines, they had to recall all sorts of bags, tote bags and backpacks, because they had lead in them, which, and you know, kind of bad. Yeah. So, you know, what, and this seems to be happening more and more, you know, it's very interesting to me, as we as an industry focus more and more on product safety and product safety awareness, it seems like these bad promo news items are happening more and more. How, how is that even happening? Mm. Well, I think it, it, a couple of things. I think part of it's just the pro- proliferation of media, right? I mean, this stuff yep. gets reported like every single other thing more than it used to. My hunch is that there were issues like this that we didn't hear about for a long time. Um, and just like there were in every other kind of problem area, right? We, I mean, we look at the media and we're like, gosh, there's so much more violence and there's so much more this and there's so much more that. Not really. We just, yeah. we, we know more about it now. And I, I would say that that's probably true. Um, but I'll tell you, it, 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 forgive me, but it just makes me laugh that we're, they're handing out Fitbits at McDonald's, man. Oh, I know. I, I actually, you know, <laughs> unless they're able to track the steps you're walking away from your Big Mac, I'm not sure it's going to help you lose any weight. But I just think it's funny that it's it's Ronald Grimace, the Hamburglar and friends who get pinched twice in two weeks with bad promo. <laughs> Dude, you know, it's like, I'm going to have a Big Mac, large fry, and a Diet Coke. Right. And, and make that an extra large Diet Coke because <laughs> I'm on an extra large diet. <laughs> Yeah, that's I, I, I honestly one of the things that does come into my mind is I always feel not only for the customer, but I and I think a lot of people do. My mind immediately is like, oh gosh, I feel for that distributor, that supplier, because that's that's it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. You know, I I do and I don't right? um, because you know as you work and if you've worked with any sort of large. Fortune 500 organization, and especially like a McDonald's or a Walmart or a Coca-Cola, it is, they will squeeze you. Man, they squeeze you on margin. So it, you're, whatever you're selling them, no matter how creative, it becomes a volume business, and you're looking to shave pennies where you can. And so I understand the need to do that, but when you're sacrificing safety to do it, and so I have a feeling that whatever distributor was involved – knew that there might be an issue. I'm not saying they knew that uh, these glorified pedometers would set someone's arm on fire or that 
only Superman could see through the lead bags that were given out in the Philippines. But you know when you cut corners and you're getting things from overseas, maybe from questionable factories, you're taking a risk. And so I understand it, but I don't understand it in the same moment. So just it's just very interesting to me. And I think you're right. It is the proliferation of just... There's so many news sources out there, and they need shit to talk about. Yeah, well, and I tell you what, this is where, as as a group, and and again, not to kiss anybody's rear end, but uh, you know, this is why Paul Bellantone and all those folks are are spending. That's so you kissing. Much- that's you kissing people. Uh, I, I I was hoping that's what that sound was. <laughs> Uh, but this is why they're spending so much time on it. Paul Bellantone yeah. and, and Tom and, and Tim Andrews and all those folks are talking so much about product safety because at some point it's going to bite all of us. And, you know, this is just one area. We, we got to hope that it's not the entire industry. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's I think it's outliers. And I think it's just people trying to make a quick buck. And, yeah. you know, it comes to the price. All right, what you got? Let's go to the next one. Okay. So next- fire today. I love it. Yeah, I like it too. So, you know, I'm I'm reading a book, and we talk a lot about this. Uh, I read a lot of different books, and this one I'm actually listening to, and it's called Fanatical Prospecting. Um, I think it's by Jeb Blunt, and um, it's funny because I think that there are two kinds of books, Bill. There's the kind of book that makes me think and makes me kind of you know rethink how I uh, do business or you know personal development or whatever, and then there are books that are things I already know, but mm-hmm. that I need to hear. Right, right. I, I, so the the fanatical prospecting is one of those books that falls under the category of yeah, I get it, and I know mm-hmm. it, and so do you. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorite quotes is the greatest distance in the world is the distance between I know and I do. Absolutely, it's one of my favorite things. You, I, I learned that from you, and I don't know if that's a Kirby Hossman original <laughs> or you. You may have lifted that from somebody. It doesn't matter. It's one of my favorite things. And I've learned that from you. I mean, it's one of those things. Like, you know about it, but when you put it in that term, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes a hell of a lot of sense. Yeah, and that, this whole book that I'm reading right now, Fanatical Prospecting, it's, it falls in that, right? It, it is telling me things that I absolutely know, but mm-hmm. I'm not doing. And so right. um, I, I think you know. I just brought it up because I thought, gosh, what are those things? And I think there are things within the industry, right? I've read reports. Um, in the industry where they're like, here's how you sell this much and whatever. And I'll read it and I'll be like, oh yeah, I know all this stuff. Right. But am I doing it? Probably not. And so I think that those kind of, when you're reading different personal development stuff, it's funny because I think some people are like, oh yeah, 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 I know, I know. But I think it's an important time to be introspective to say, hmm, but I'm not really doing anything based on my knowledge right <laughs> so so uh don't dismiss things out of hand just because you know them well and you know it's one of those things and, and you know i write a blog twice a week and you write a lot and when it comes to sales i almost feel like there's only about 10 things to talk about and <laughs> it's just repackaging it and making different analogies different comparisons and looking at it from different perspectives the same type of topics or the same topics from different perspectives because it, it hits people in different ways yeah. so things that resonate about prospecting in the book you just read may really resonate with you and I may read it and say this is stuff I do exactly verbatim it means nothing to me right. so it, it's it's one of those things that you think you have to hit it from different angles to uh, to kind of expand the audience, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. So, yeah. All right. That's all I got. What's next? Okay. So here's what I was thinking about. So on the Promotional Products Facebook page, mm-hmm. someone was asking 
about, and I, I, I didn't dig too deep, but I assume they were a smaller distributor on their own, unaffiliated. Mm-hmm. So working out of their garage or basement or treehouse, outhouse, whatever. <laughs> okay. And they were asking about, how do I do a company store? Mm, okay. And I thought it was a very interesting thing to think about for someone who's unaffiliated. Right. Unsure of that person's sales volume or profit margin or anything. But, you know, I'm sure you get approached to do some company stores. Mm-hmm. And to my knowledge, and I could be wrong, wouldn't be the first time, <laughs> even today, trust me. But you don't have any, you don't run any company stores, do you? No, I don't. And is that, what, what do you, what would you do if a company asked you, and let me get, let's just create some what if parameters. So okay. a company asks you to hold Hold inventory. So now you have to find a space to hold the inventory, mm-hmm. fulfill it. You could certainly outsource that. Mm-hmm. But they that a sticking point to them is you have to own the inventory, but let's say there's a buyback clause. So up front, you're going to have to own the inventory, let's say $25,000. Sure. That's what it's going to cost you. And they'll buy it back, whatever, you know, whatever doesn't sell, and let's say at 12 months, they'll buy back at cost. Right. Would you take that? Hmm. Yeah, you know, it's funny because it, as you might expect, it's one of those where I have had these conversations. And um, in my experience, this is where um, and, and each – so the answer is it depends, <laughs> really, right? Um, but the, in my experience, the people who are coming to us with these situations are usually not – they're like, hey, yeah, we, we want a website. Okay, well, um, do you, you know. Here's how much it costs to set up the website. Oh, right. well, we don't want to pay for that. Okay, <laughs> no well, one wants to pay yeah, for it. I was gonna. I said, you know, that's red flag number one, right? Right. Um, and so, I think it has to do with me digging into a lot of different questions and digging into sure. profit margin of what the overall deal is. And I could, I actually, you know, and I don't think you've been to this, but I've got our office. I mean, but I've got the space. And I've, yeah. I bought the building with the idea that it could be something that we would do, right. um, but it's got to be the right situation. One of the things I think we've done right is I haven't rushed into one of these, Good. and I've been glad about that. Yeah. You know, one thing about the website, and, and, you know, because, of course, nobody wants to pay for a website yeah. and because people are so conditioned that, well, website's easy. Yeah. What I've, the way I've gotten around that in, in, in the past is that's fine. I'm not going to make you pay for a website. What I am going to do, though, is I'm going to develop a statement of work. I will always develop a statement of work that shows what the value of the website is. I establish value. I'll, their, their price will be zero. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to establish value for everything I do, setup, changes, right. the whole nine yards, because that will condition the client, first of all, to not treat it like something free. So they right. won't ask for a thousand changes because they realize that there's time, energy, resources attached to it. Mm-hmm. And then secondarily, what I will say is I am going to, or, so that's one way to do it, or what you can do is I am going to charge you for the website, same statement of work, but I'm going to charge them. And you said you've been very consistent that if you, you know, that this is worth $100,000. If we hit that metric, I'm going to rebate you back the entire cost of the website. No, I like that. If we, and if we hit, if we hit 75% of that metric, I'll, I'll, I'll reimburse you 75% of the cost of the website. It gets, that's, you know, the word partnership is thrown around so much in our industry, especially mm-hmm. suppliers are partners with distributors. Our distributors are partners with the end users. If there's real meaning to that, then we have to attach skin in the game. Yeah. 
I like that. That's that's really good because I think that you know there are companies out there, um, and we know several of them that do company stores extraordinarily well. Um, oh, absolutely. And um, I, I, you know, candidly, I'm not opposed to it, and I I would uh, you know welcome the right opportunity. But my big thing is is I've tried to do them half you know, but early on in my career and that never seems to work. It's like, I need the client to, you know, I need to be all in as they expect me to be, but I need the client to be all in. And I haven't found the right mix of that yet personally, but yeah, I'd be open to it if, if the situation's right. Good. Good. Cool. cool. Next. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to try and make this, this is a long topic. I'm going to make it a short one. Um, so Colin Kaepernick, um, as everybody in the ah, country ah, is talking ah, about, ah, right? Ah. Wow. So, you're, you're not, you're not kidding around today, Kirby. <laughs> I'm jumping in, man. Okay. So I'm not going to, so here's what's, I'm going to gear off this just a bit, right? Because mm-hmm. I think part of the challenge with his situation is like, I'm trying to separate what I feel is a poor choice of how to do what he's trying to do and the mm-hmm. idea that he's trying to stand up for. Okay. Okay. But what it reminded me of again today is the power and the value of honest discussion and debate. Mm-hmm. I actually think one of the things that you and I got known for around our industry a little bit is our salt and pepper debates in yeah. the sense that we're able to actually have a real honest um, debate about different things and still leave respecting each other. And I think from mm-hmm. a culture perspective, man, we've lost that. And I, like, I, I really enjoy debating. I, I heard somebody say once that I love to debate because I either prove I'm right or I learn something. Absolutely. And I think, gosh, right now it's like if we're debating with somebody, whether it's politically, whether it's, you know, whether it's about uh, any kind of racial issues, anything, it's like we either agree or you're the enemy. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love that you and I have had the ability to have some discussions where we disagree respectfully. And I'd love for us, and I don't know that we get it back with social media and the internet, but I, I, I still value that. And I, I think that we need to individually look at it and go, okay, I may disagree with their means, I may disagree with their point, but gosh, yeah. I, I respect their ability to have their opinion. Yeah, inter- interesting topic, interesting take, Kirby. Mm-hmm. Here's what I think. You know, it's very interesting. We want our athletes to be individual and unique and outspoken until they're individual, unique, and outspoken. <laughs> and then we want then we want to put them back in the box and oh, you just go play football. Yep. Now, you know, I don't know how long this uh, feeling has been burning inside Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a believer very easy, very simply. You know. It's you know I may not agree with what you say, but I'll defend your right to the death, your 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 right to say it. Yeah. So, I you know, I, to me, it uh, I, I don't know what it's like to be an African American in our society. Right. I don't know what it feels like to be pulled over by a white police officer and be scared. Yeah. So for me to even comment that oh he's doing it to you know draw attention to himself or whatever not my place yes you know if that's what he feels he needs to do then do it and but 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 by the same token 
you undertake something like that, you have to understand that there's going to be consequences, right? Um, you know, choices lead to decisions, and decisions always lead to consequences, and those can be good and bad. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, we always say freedom of speech, not freedom yep. of consequence. So that is correct. But but I I I just want to continue to uh, at least have the debate and have the discussion, and I think you know as we do that, good things happen. I, I wish we could have we as a society, the global we, we could have that those conversations without the inflammatory language. Yes. Right. Yes. You know, I, I feel like eighty percent of our country is kind of down the middle and pretty moderate, and then you have ten percent on one side that's very loud and outspoken, and ten percent way on the other side that's way outspoken. Yeah. And that's generally what we we hear from, and I I, I think we're doing everybody a disservice by listening to that twenty percent outlying group. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's lighten it up. You got anything else? Yeah, I do. I think I have one to wrap it up. Okay, perfect. So um, college football is about to go underway. Right. And I was thinking about the use of promotional products in college football. Okay. And if I remember correctly, you are a graduate of the West Liberty University, home of the Hilltoppers. Is That's that correct? correct. And I'm impressed you knew that the Hilltoppers. That's good. I, I, I do my research for unscripted, Mr. Hossaman. <laughs> So, as a student, and I believe you were a student athlete for a while playing tennis, if yes. memory serves me correctly, what promotional products were used at West Liberty to rally school spirit? And then I will tell you, uh, once you answer the question, I'll tell you where, where I'm, my, my thoughts on that. Mm, okay. You know, I, unfortunately, it's been a couple years <laughs> since, since I was a student at West um, Liberty. I've seen the mullet. It's been more than a couple years, Kirby. <laughs> By the way, that's a fantastic picture. I mean, really. It's a delightful picture. <laughs> um, and I just look so happy. Um, so uh, I'd say, you know, honestly, the, the couple things that, that stick out in my mind from all those years ago is, you know, T-shirts still are, you know, are, were hugely valuable then. They're hugely valuable today. Um, and that was, you know, even when I was being recruited, um, t-shirts were, uh, just a powerful tool. Um, we were big into the, the rally towels before I think they're even called rally towels, um, back then. And, uh, then, uh, being the, the hilltoppers, we had bears, right? So right. promo bears. So those are the three that pop out on my head. How about, how about, uh, for those that gig them? Uh, well, the greatness that is <laughs> Texas A&M University, um, big school, right? Not, right. not, not a, not a small school. Right. So if you ever go to, if you ever privileged enough to go to step into Kyle field, which seats 103,000 people, the largest stadium in the SEC, not that that's important, but people ought to know that. Um, if you'll get a 12th man towel. So, uh, Texas A&M is known as the home of the 12th man. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Seattle Seahawks fans. You get it licensed from Texas A&M deal with it. Um, a home of the 12th man. And I'll tell you that quick for those of you, for those who don't know, um, in uh, 19, I think 25, there was a uh, football game, and the coach Dana X Bible, a legendary football coach, will had a lot of injuries on his team, and uh, a student athlete who played basketball by the name of E King Gill was asked to suit up the entire time. Hmm. He was asked to suit up, so there were only 11 players. He never played a game. He never played in that game. 
but he stood on the sidelines the whole time, which is why when you watch a Texas A&M football game, the student section will stand the entire game. It's called cool. it's the 12th man. But there's also uh, 12th man towels that are given out. So um, there are white rally towels that say, you know, Texas A&M 12th man. And it's it's a pretty inspiring thing to see a stadium, you know, 103,000 rocking, waving those uh, waving those rally towels. It's a pretty cool thing. You know, it's one of the things that's awesome about college sports, and certainly college football is the thing that comes to mind, but the tradition and the history, whether you like the sports or not, it's, I, I mean, again, I didn't know that until um, just now. That That's a cool story, I, you know, whether I think a and is going to be lousy this year or not. Well, I will tell you <laughs> that um, CBS, NBC, Fox Sports, ESPN, and the Associated Press, none of them have picked Texas A&M to win the national championship. What I will tell you is that I've done a very selective poll here in Franklin, Tennessee, in my house. <laughs> and it looks like A&M is expected to win the national championship in football this year. So put it down, folks. Yeah, that's pretty scientific. Yep. It's pretty scientific. Cool. Well, Hey, I hope they have a great season, man. <laughs> uh, you and me both. They need it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I think uh, I think we've covered the topics. I think so. I think so. So, again, thanks for everybody for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Once again, thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. As always, brought to you by the good people at Promo Corner's Identity Marketing, the interactive tool for promotional products professionals.